Welcome to Cellmates. Ooh. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. Cellmates podcast is a podcast where we take two animated movies and we compare, contrast, generally throw a Venn diagram onto them and see what shakes out. Often these two movies are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. But not always. Often they are good. Oh. Well, Dick, uh, happy spring. Uh, Yay. A time when we get outside into yeah. the fresh air. Oh, that's been neat. Into nature. And then we get our butts kicked by a bunch of animals. Is that usually what happens? I mean. Sometimes. Allergies, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. I I got I tripped over a dog once. Did you really? Yeah, I mean like. How do you trip over a dog? Someone was walking their dog and instead of the dog walking in front of them. The dog is walking behind them. Some people are bad at walking dogs. And it confused me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just walked right into that dog. That, my, um. It was not where I thought it how, would be. How, were, were you okay? Yeah. Was the dog okay? Mm. Uh, that's my biggest, uh, scooter tumble to date oh. was trying to avoid a dog on a leash that was, like, doing the whole sidewalk and then, like, darted the other way and I could, I, it wasn't. Yeah, I feel like uh, I wasn't prepared. I feel like maybe uh, in the city of New York City, you don't need a giant dog. Maybe it did. Or maybe animals dog. belong in the wild. Whoa! Ooh. And not and like not as pets. In, but but maybe yes as pets. Oh, but maybe, but maybe not do. as pe- maybe some. Maybe some maybe animals like, belong in the wild, and some animals don't belong in the wild. Maybe but the animals that don't belong in the wild do belong in a specific place and not a general place. Sure. Dick, what are you drinking today? <laughs> oh, not enough. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking, uh, so this was wild turkey, lemon, lemon. Uh, some simple syrup, and some mint. You gave me the recipe. but Yes, we are calling this a wild smash. It's a whiskey smash uh, made with wild turkey. It's a wild smash. Wild smash. I like it. This um, tastes really good, by the way. Wild, know. because the movies we're talking about today are... Have to do with the wilderness and Ooh. animals, specifically in the wilderness. That's true. And uh, Smash, because like the show Smash, you can have a <laughs> lot of talented people working on a project, and <laughs> it doesn't always mean that it's going to work out well. <laughs> oh, God. That was great. Uh, thank you. Uh, so today, Dick, what movies are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about um, the cow one and the bear one. Yep. Uh, That's correct. One is called the bear. One is called Open Season. Uh huh. The cow one is Home on the Ranch. That's correct. Got him. So, uh, yeah, these are we had this on our list fairly early on because they yeah. felt like similar movies that I don't we had know. never I seen. Just like they just mushed together in my head. It's a cast of animals, and they're you know trying to take something back from an evil human. Yeah, and and they've both kind of like fallen through the cracks of their respective studios and through time. Uh, Home on the Range is 2004. Open season is 2006. So this mm-hmm. is uh, a time period that is not great for most anima- animation mission. That's not Pixar. Yeah. Um, and these movies are not exceptions to that rule. <laughs> I mean, for for context here, just, just to show how buried Home on the Range is, we heard... And became familiar with an Alan Menken song from Disney Japan mm-hmm. from a ride 
only in Disney Japan. Yeah. Before we heard all the songs on Home on the Range. That's correct. Yeah. Like, I've seen Pocahontas twice, but I know all those songs. Sure. Like, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, you can't escape that. Home on the Range, like, I heard one song because he played it in a concert we were watching. Mm-hmm. And then the others, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't. So, let Dick, let's talk about Home on the Range. Oh, um, what What is your experience with this movie beyond not knowing any of the music? The thing I just said, <laughs> honestly, like, I had, I heard, like, we watched um, some sort of Alan Menken concert towards the beginning of the... Was it the interview with Christy Anderson Lopez? Where she, like, goes to his house and... No. May... No, I think it was to promote... Um, uh, Alan Menken's friend. Howard dead. Ashman? Yeah, I think it was, like, related to the Howard documentary. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't sounds, matter. That sounds true. I saw Alan Menken play a song from Home on the Range mm-hmm. sometime in the last year. That was my experience with this movie. Yeah, the only thing I knew about it, because I had not seen it, um, was that Alan Menken composed the music, and that Alan Menken and everyone who worked on it um, have disowned it, more or less. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Disney buried this movie pretty soon after it came out, because they didn't feel like it was very good. Um, they like they were pr- right. They like promoted it for the box office returns, and since then, they're not really shy about saying like, "Yep, this was not a this is not a good movie. It didn't turn out so well." Moving on. Um, so I was interested to see it. Of like, what are the standards for? You know, I've seen the Good Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I know what a bad Pixar movie looks like. Um, and you know, not that all of Disney animated features that we've seen are on the same level, but. Right. Like, what does a bomb look like that even your creators are like, And speaking of Pixar, this is like the year after Cars. Is that correct? Yes. It's like right after Cars, which is interesting because it's set in, it's set against the American West. Same kind of backdrop, yeah. Like, not modern American West, Mm -hmm. but still like very similar like Mesas and oranges and yeah. So it's, it's interesting that they like, I had... Two similar looking movies yeah. coming out at the same time. Yeah. Or near each other. Mm. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, we didn't talk about who was going to summarize which movie. Oh, I'll do Home on the Range. Oh, good. Wait, do you want me to do the other one? No, no, no. That's okay. okay. I, d- I don't really want to summarize either of these. So. <laughs> oh, same. No spoilers. We won't let you know how we felt about either of these movies. <laughs> As always on Cellmates Podcast. Uh, we try to find the bright sides. We'll get to the bright side. We'll get to the bright side. So we're, if you really, really love one of these movies, we will try our best. Yeah. All right, Dick. Two minutes on the cookie timer to summarize Home on the Range. Okay. And go. Okay, so Maggie is a cow. She is at a farm, and that farm is, like, shutting down, and she is sad. Uh, but she goes to a new farm. It's a dairy farm, and she's happy. Also, at this point, it turns out she's a award-winning cow, and she's really cocky about it. Look. It's unclear where that came from. Anyway, that farm's going to shut down because the lady owes the bank money. Uh, also, there's a cattle wrestler out there. So 
Maggie and two other cows get together to try and win awards to make money so that they can give it to the lady who owns the farm so that she can buy the farm from the bank so that the farm doesn't close. But then they realize that's not enough money. And also there's a cattle rustler. And that cattle rustler, if they catch him, that would be enough money. So they try and catch the cattle rustler. And they do. Do they? Okay, so the cattle rustler, he yodels. And his yodels <laughs> hypnotize the cows. That's true. And except for one of them. Because one of them uh, is tone deaf and can't be... Yodel hypnotized. That's correct. How do uh, they? How do they get the guy? They get him. How? The cow stuff. Um, <laughs> the they run off with Slim's accomplices and buyer in pursuit on a steam train. Rico. Oh yeah, there's a horse. He does push-ups, and he helps the cows. He. Karate friendship. Does karate. What happens once they catch the guy? They eat him. What? The, he gets arrested and oh that What happens to the farm? The farm is saved because they get the reward money for catching the guy. Uh, for someone who is very excited to volunteer for this summary. <laughs> but you didn't miss anything. That's the thing. That's the thing. I I wasn't I wasn't even trying to be obtuse. I just, the reason I chose to summarize this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's incorrect. I was going to say the reason I chose to summarize this movie is because I was awake for the whole thing. I don't uh, don't think that's true. This is the one where I fell asleep. That explains it. You didn't fall asleep in the other movie? No. Only me? Yeah, you fell asleep in the other one. I fell asleep in this one. Well, you can't. Uh, yeah, you can't win them all. Can't win them all. But these cows won. Uh, yep. Yeah, I guess there's like a little infighting with the cows of like what's the right way to do things. That's kind of folded in there. But yeah, it's that sounds true. Yeah, this. Okay, okay. I think this movie makes cars look really good. Yeah, because there's like a hot shot newcomer that kind of gets roped into saving a town. Right, or like ranch town, whatever. Yeah. And I guess Cars doesn't have a big bad the way that this movie has the yodeler. But it makes Cars look good because Lightning McQueen is a character. And mm. Maggie, the Roseanne cow. Eh, Not so much. There, there, there are a lot of named animals in this movie. That's true. But I would say there are not very many characters. That's also true. Would you say there are any characters in this movie? Yes. What's a character in this movie? Um, Slim. Alameda Slim. Alameda Slim, uh, as played by uh, Jim Broadbent. Oh, I wish. No, it's not Jim Broadbent. It's not Jim Broadbent. It's, uh, That'd be Randy less problematic. Quaid. Yeah. Randy Quaid. Great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wonder... <laughs> If this was a good movie, if they'd still want to bury this in 2021, starring Roseanne Barr and Randy Quaid. I'm sure those two have <laughs> great opinions and haven't done anything No horrible. problems at all. I'm sure neither of them stormed the Capitol. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, Wait. Mm, yeah, I don't think either. Randy did. Quaid is, is across the border. He's not, he's evading uh, taxes, so can, he like, can't enter the country without... Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and the uh, other 
characters that were enjoyable, enjoyable, enjoyable uh-huh. were uh, Alameda Slim's like henchmen, which all had the same voice and were just they were like kind of your archetypical like dopey sidekicks, but they were fun. The villain, the villain sequences were good. Yeah, like his song where he like he he is introduced as this very like threatening, menacing. Uh, cattle rustler and you don't know how he's stealing like hundreds of cows at a time they just disappear because he's doing it without anyone hearing it yeah i uh, you look he's the point stealing is cows without waking anyone up the or point anyone is hearing he's the cows get stolen introduced as this, this like archetypical western villain yeah and then you know a third of the way through you get your first like actual scene with him where he's given dialogue and things and then it's revealed that he is yodeling them out to pasture. And it's such a zany, absurd choice. And it's a great song that it's Mencken so has fun. written. Yeah. Um, that he's explaining how he does it. And yeah, it, all that stuff works. And there's yeah. like a running gag with the three uh, henchmen where like whenever he puts on a disguise to buy a new ranch. Because his, his thing is he wants to own all of the land in this part of Texas. Yeah. Wh- whatever it whatever. is. Um. And so he dons a he's disguise. He's like a regular Walter Disney. Win the auctions. He's yes, buy, he's buying, he's a, buying a bunch of land secretly. In Shell Corporation. project. Uh huh, his big Florida project. Um, and there's a fun running gag where, like, he, he will put on the disguise in front of them and they will immediately not recognize him at all. Like, th- those are really fun. It felt yeah. to me the same way that in, I think there's more distance between. The rest of the movie in this villain, but um, in like, oh, Facilier needs a better movie than Princess and the Frog. That's a hundred times as true for Alameda Slim. Like, it's a really clever conceit. And uh, the rest of the movies, both of these movies we saw in the last week, and I don't really remember them. Well, speaking of great, speaking of great movies, speaking of movies we fell asleep during. What's your experience with Open Season? Didn't really know what it was. Kind of blends in with. The other animal movies out at this time, like yeah. Home on the Range, uh, there's Over the Hedge, which I did see. Oh. That's like rodents and stuff. Oh. Anyway, no, I didn't really know anything about this movie at all. Same. And then I looked it up and I thought, well, this has some interesting people involved. I bet it's quite good. Because um, you would think that the co-directors, one of them has directed... Uh, Abominable and wrote it. Which, um, which we gave a pretty favorable review yes. to. Yeah. And the other one co-directed The Lion King. Which I've heard of that. W- heard of it. Okay. Um, so you're like, okay, great. Oh, the Beyonce movie. Those two. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll talk about that version later, actually. Right. Um, so you think, okay, great. Like, it's, it's Sony animation. It's not like a big studio, especially not in 2006. But you're like, okay, this is probably going to be a really interesting project. And um, I'm not sure what happened here. I, I am. What? It was bad. What did you know about this movie before? So, same. I mm-hmm. knew nothing. Um, and then looking at like, looking at the cast list, I was like, ugh. Because it's, it's, it's like one of those... Martin Lawrence, Ashton Kutcher... Uh, it's a lot of people who are not known for voice work. Yeah. Like, fine actors in their elements, but not known for voice work. 
And so I'm like, I don't know about this. And, and everyone seemed like B tier at best. Right. Right. It seemed like a little like, okay, you're getting celebrities, but you're not getting big celebrities. So you're not you getting Roseanne Barr. You're not. Well, <laughs> that's right. You're not getting a 2003 Roseanne Barr. Yeah. At her prime. Yep. I'm going to try to summarize open season without Go. looking at it at all. And I think I'm going to crash and burn. Yeah, I think so too. All right. I'll help you with names. Here I go. Oh, no thanks. Yep. Here I go. All right. Boog is a bear. And he um, is a pet of a ranger in a forest preserve. And he puts on like shows with her. And he lives in a garage. And he lives a pretty comfortable life. Um, but they live on like a forest preserve hunting preserve and it's about to be open season so all the animals are going to get hunted we meet this hunter Shaw who doesn't seem to really follow the rules all that much and that could be bad he kills this deer or we think he kills this deer but turns out oh the deer is slightly alive and Boog finds him when Shaw's there is another and Elliot says please help me and Boog does and then Elliot won't leave him alone for the rest of the movie Elliot follows him to his little cave and he's like well this isn't how bears should live you should live in the wilderness and he's like, well, get away from me. And then a series of mishaps ensue. And the bear is misunderstood into being like feral and needs to be going back to the woods. So they bring him back to the woods. And then he learns to live in the wild where he's never lived before. And Elliot helps him. And he befriends some other wilderness creatures. But, uh-oh, it's still open. It's open season about to start. And Shaw is ruthless. So this whole time, Shaw is trying to kill all the animals, especially the bear. But the bear, but Boog and Elliot do set aside their differences and they band together and they pull pranks on all the hunters Uh-oh. who come and they gang up on them with all of their wilderness friends because uh, it's more important that they work together and defeat the hunters and they do and there are pranks and Shaw is also defeated um, kind of unceremoniously and then Boog's ranger friend comes back and she's like you know what it's time to go home and Boog's been wanting to get home this whole time but then Boog is like wait I belong in the wild oh. I have too many friends here and Aww. this is how a bear should be so he lives in the wild with his friends um, and no more hunting I guess ever I don't know Unclear. they'll probably be back next year yeah cookies are done and cookies oh, are alarm turned off. Went off for like a yeah, split I, that was there. weird. Okay, so I I have two uh, things I sure. want to ask you. One, can you tell me about some of the pranks that they pull on the hunters? Well, that you have you have referred to as pranks. Well, they run at them. Uh huh. And they hit them with spoons. Uh huh. And they um. <laughs> Throw dynamite, active dynamite at them, mm-hmm. and blow up their cars. Yeah, car pranks. Car pranks. Car pranks mostly. What a very funny prank! This uh, movie is surprisingly also, violent. Also, they uh, light marshmallows on the ends oh, of yeah. forks and then shoot catapult them. At them. Yeah, like yeah. flaming arrows. Yeah, this, this movie is rather violent. Yeah. Like it is. It's it's about hunting, and there are a lot of guns in it. And there are guns that go off. Yeah. Um, we don't see active shots from hunters to animals. We think we do, but it's really a tranquilizer dart from another angle. Yeah, we see hunters aim at animals. And I think Shaw might like, miss an animal. That's probably true. But. Yeah. So. Um, also, like. 
so PETA is okay, but also the NRA okay with this movie. <laughs> well, the, here's the weird thing is I'm kind of not okay with the depiction of hunters in this movie. Right, right. Because Shaw is referred to as a hunter. Mm-hmm. And he's not. He's a poacher. Right. He hunts illegally. Right. You can have whatever uh, moral stance you want on hunting. I know people feel uh, strongly on either side of the issue. But hunting legally, according to law, is much different than poaching, where we see Shaw like, like the reason he has that deer on the hood of his car is because he hit it on purpose when he saw it. Yes. Like, yeah. He hit a deer with his car. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. No. That's, that's, and it wasn't, like, also it wasn't in season. Like, right. he was committing crimes. Right. Like, judge hunters how you want. Uh, uh, they are uh, often, mostly, operating within the law. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. my little my little nitpick that really bothered me throughout this movie. Yeah, it definitely was kind of an assumption that you will be on the animal side immediately. Yeah. Right? There's there's not really a difference. Like Shaw is where the focus is as the antagonist, but there's no difference that the animals make between Shaw and the other hunters because exactly. they defeat all the other hunters first and then Shaw comes and then it's like a more intense battle. But yeah, so that's kind of weird because the regular hunters don't go out until after the open season begins yeah. and yeah. And they, they seem to hunt fairly responsibly. Yeah. Um, Shaw is also, like, not arrested by the sheriff or the park ranger yeah. for illegally poaching and also, like, pointing a gun at someone. Like, the sheriff says you're under arrest once and then, like, lets him go. It's very weird. Does he? What does happen to him at the end? He gets, like, tied up with his own gun by the bear. I think that's but it. But what? He just runs into the woods? I don't remember, to be honest. I guess he's just scared of bears now, or scared of animals. But it didn't seem... All right, so, Dick, here's here's my question. Yeah. Why did we fall asleep during these movies? Oh, because they were... Yeah, I, I guess that's, that's a good point. Like, it, it, these movies, we can describe... A story for each of them, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not story storyless. Mm-hmm. There's not, like, there's a beginning, middle, and end. But we, like, had to do both movies in, like, multiple viewings. Home on the Range over one night and <laughs> open season over multiple days. Because we just could not yeah. watch more than a certain amount of minutes at a time. It's not like, it's not like they're Miyazaki movies, which are, like, really good, but really, like, slow and Mm -hmm. patient and often there's just like nothing happening on screen for a while these movies were i think paced normally Mm -hmm. for a animated movie they were you know the the home on the range had like a decent amount of songs popping in occasionally they had jokes they had action scenes they had everything that like you would expect from a movie Mm mm-hmm but I don't know. Like, it was... They weren't good. Neither of them was good. I think But they're... neither of them was so bad that it was enjoyable. Right. Now, right. It, and we they can... Weren't, 
They weren't like food fight levels where like right. where shit was happening that we were like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I think like boring would be a word that I would use to describe both movies. So boring. I think especially in the first act, there's not a lot to grab onto in the first act of either of these movies. They get slightly more interesting in the second act. And I think Home on the Range especially, I think, has a like a decent last like 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think open season has a scene or two, but it's like it it builds to a decent point. But that first act is a slog to get through. And I think they I, I wonder if these movies are kind of relying a little too much on like character shorthands. To get through, like, oh, we got a big bear, we got a small scrawny deer. Yeah. Everyone knows who's who these characters are, but they don't actually put work into showing us who these characters are yeah. or like why we care about them. Which is it was really interesting coming off of watching Sing recently, mm, mm-hmm. which did use that character shorthand yeah. successfully. Mm-hmm. Like, but I feel like with Sing, right, it gave us like, okay, this is a pig. Yeah. She's a mom mm-hmm. and this and this and this. Yeah. It was like, cool, here are all these character things. Right. But like open season was like, here's a bear. And you're not like, you don't even know that he's like a pet pet until a little bit later. Yeah. Like, you know that he is friends with the ranger and like does this show with her. But you don't like his main thing as a character is he's very comfortable in this like garage and he uses like a human toilet and a refrigerator but you don't know that till after he meets Elliot which which is a deer who like I actually like I think Ashton Kutcher probably comes off the best in this movie he's the deer like and from what I read that he and Martin Lawrence improvised a lot of their lines and I think well (laughs) Yeah, but I think sometimes it does work. So, yes. Like, there are some interactions that are, and, like, pieces of dialogue that are surprising for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I laughed at that. There's, I was asleep three minutes ago, but I laughed at that. There's, like, some decent chemistry there, but it mm-hmm. also, like, one of one of the things that really bothers me in modern comedies mm-hmm. is the Paul Feig... Everyone improvise all the time mm. sort of uh, yeah. style, which means that like unless like like unlike Christopher Guest, who is like, here's a Bible of your character or sure. like it's just like improvise some jokes. Right. And then we get like these like out of character jokes. And in this movie, to me, there's like um, and they, they showed it as an improvisation in like. The three minute mm-hmm. behind the scenes thing we watched, yeah, where the 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 mule deer Elliot is tied to the the hood of the car, and the bear is like, "Oh man, I could let you out, but maybe I won't, but maybe I will," and it was like weird for his character, yeah. And like I get how that was funny, like in the moment, uh-huh. but in the movie, it's like, is this bear really not gonna? save this deer's is our hero really not gonna save this guy's life yeah that's weird that's a weird character for him right yeah 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 i I mean i just think i mean that 
we only watched a three minute open season yeah. behind the scenes because there wasn't really anything else. But just the way that even that featurette was edited, it was pretty clear that like no one on the movie had the same idea of what the movie was. Like they yeah. were all talking about very different things. And again, like maybe that's just editing, right? Like there was probably longer interviews that those were clipped from. But like if your like teaser thing isn't presenting a unified view of what this movie is supposed to be, mm, like <laughs> how how am I supposed to know? Yeah. Um, and it's certainly not in the text. Also, can we just sorry, I just I just gotta keep picking on this movie. This park ranger mm-hmm. is like our we're supposed to like her. Like mom to the bear. She's keeping a bear in a garage. A full grown grizzly bear in a garage. This is like, yeah, like sub Tiger King conditions and then of like living. Making him ride a tricycle <laughs> right. in this show. The bear likes it. We're shown that the bear likes it. Uh, but he doesn't know any other conditions. He's a bear. Yeah. He lives in a garage. Not a not like a garage set up for a bear to live in. Just yeah. a garage. There's a bunch of just a bunch of junk all over. Yeah, it. it's very weird. I like who's I don't know who I'm rooting for in this movie. Because everyone that's, seems terrible. That's yeah. Like yeah. she is making a poor choice for this bear. This poacher is trying to kill this bear, like illegally. I, and the sheriff, the sheriff, I think is like the character I like the best. Yeah, but he's not doing anything, so I, I don't know. That I mean, shout out to um, Sony. That it, that character is um, indigenous mm-hmm. presenting and voiced by an indigenous actor, hey. and never do they like mention it. Yeah, and that's really refreshing. Yeah. Um. So shout out for that. Yeah, I think, and and I think that's. You know, going back to this, like, they kind of get there in a third act situation where, like, oh, okay, Boog is, you know, Boog and Elliot, the scene before this, like, climactic sequence where they're fighting the hunters are talking about, like, oh, well, Elliot, you can come live with me. You can be the ranger's pet, too. And all of you guys can come and be the pet. And then you're like, well, is that really what we're getting out of this? That everyone should be pets? That seems bad. But then when they switch it up and he realizes, oh, no, I should actually be in the wild. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. But you wish that they had kind of been hinting that or like creating a story around like resistance to being in the wild mm-hmm. versus just like, I'm confused. I don't know how to get food out here. Yeah. Because um, it's not like it's a nice little ending, but it's not a payoff of any kind yeah his whole journey that's a really interesting uh point kate uh is like his whole journey once he once he like kind of ends up in the wild because he like um robbed a store basically yeah so he gets, he gets bear drunk yeah he gets bear drunk uh so they trank him they take him out into the woods and they leave him there and his whole thing is i want to go back home Mm-hmm. And never is he like, I don't want to adapt to the conditions of the wild. Right. Which, like you were saying, like, that would be a thing that if he was fighting against accepting yeah. who he is as a bear, and then at the end said, like, oh, you know what? I am a bear. I do live in the wild. Yeah. That would have been something. Mm-hmm. But instead it was like, I want to go home. No, I'm a bear. I do live in the wild. It's like. Yeah. Like, it's similar, but it's not the same, mm-hmm. right? I think I, I was, 
during this movie, uh, it, during Home on the Range, I was thinking, wow, this makes cars look really good. During open season, there were moments that I thought, well, this kind of makes Shrek look good. Oh. Right? There are, it, it's very clear that they want Ashton Kutcher's mule deer to be donkey. The, I mean, both of these movies had donkey wannabes. Yes. In them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that, I mean, we've talked about Shrek and how it doesn't necessarily hold up, but I think the idea of like, you know, Shrek being, um, you know, shielded up and mm-hmm. then having to like break those down with the adventures i think it works as a character arc yeah versus like boog you're just not sure why right like i, I almost need a reason like why he's scared of the wilderness or why i don't yeah. know like an extra thing versus just like i don't know i like using toilets <laughs> and the other thing is like I, I, M- martin lawrence is a is a funny comedian mm-hmm. but he just comes off really chill to me mm-hmm like he's got a very relaxed way of speaking like 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 Bill Murray, right? Mm-hmm. Also very relaxed way of speaking like Martin Lawrence I'm like, "Oh, yeah, he's going to be okay. He's going to figure it out. It's great." Mm-hmm. And that doesn't super work for the character. Yeah. And like And that's not Martin Lawrence's fault. I think he no. does. I was I was this was one of the movies where like it's just a real random character cast, but like everyone does a fine job. Yeah. I think it's it's, you know, a, a function of the writing that makes anyone look bad. Yeah, I think like a lot and, of and casting, like you just said. a lot of like from what we've seen in a lot of Disney movies, um, they will have a script, they will then cast their leads, and then depending on who they get, mm-hmm. they'll adjust the script. Right. And I, I don't feel like that was done. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like they were like, cool, we've cast Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That we're done. Have mm-hmm. him read it instead of like, cool. Now let's kind of do another pass of this and kind of tailor it to Martin Lawrence's voice and make the character right a character that that sounds more like him, yeah, or that would react more like him. And so there's like some some like dissonance, some mm-hmm. discord in mm-hmm. in the delivery uh, and just like the general tone that I get from. From Martin Lawrence mm-hmm. and the character who's like, I don't know, very like high strung and very, mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting that you mentioned Disney and their like practices around celebrity casting. It is. Because Home on the Range is a celebrity heavy movie. Yeah. And it's not that the characters don't work, right? You've got, okay, so who are some people we got? We already mentioned Roseanne and Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. Who are some other people in this movie? Judy Dench. We got Judy Dench yep. as kind of like the uptight, fearful cow mm-hmm. of the trio. Jennifer Tilly is like the ditzy cow. Like mm-hmm. everyone's cast according to Which, their by type. The, by the way, God bless Jennifer Tilly. She knows exactly who she is and yeah. she goes for it. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. No, and again, like no one is not doing a fine job in this movie. Yeah. But I almost feel like this movie. They didn't have characters super fleshed out, and they relied a lot on what, on oh. who you know is playing the voice part. Yeah, I think Randy Quaid is not that; like, he's just well cast as that role. But like, I wonder if, because right, like Roseanne's cow starts out as a different cow in the yeah. first scene, and then in the second scene, she's like this. 
shovey like diva kind of thing and you're like well that matches roseanne right um roseanne and miss piggy have very similar mm, energies mm -hmm. and early in this movie this cow is like closer to robin right like yeah yeah in the the first first couple scenes she's just like a really like sad cow Mm -hmm. and then suddenly because she got because her farm got all the cows got stolen yeah except for her and so she's being brought to this other farm, Little Patch of Heaven, where the main action and, takes place. And we, we did learn, watching a slightly longer behind <laughs> the scenes, that they like redid the whole beginning. Yes. Because the beginning, like initially, all the cows were on the same farm mm-hmm. from the beginning. And Roseanne Cow was just like very brash. Yeah. And then they had to figure out a way to, they're like, well, it doesn't doesn't really work but if this cow's like new to the mix if she's an outsider then it works and, and they reached they like redid the beginning and it shows because i was very confused by yeah. the beginning yeah i think you were like also just like what was yeah. happening yeah yeah and so in similar but different ways mm-hmm. because these characters are not so much about like how does this character relate to what we're learning about in this story? It's more just like, well, there's a fancy cow. That's Judy Dench. A ditzy cow, Jennifer Tilly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still, in a similar way to open season, not given reason to care about these characters so much. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get a plight of, like, losing where your home is. But it's just so hard to grasp onto anything. It just feels really lazy. Yeah. That like, all right, I get it. She's a Judy Dench cow. Why? Why do I care? Yeah, like what's what? Yeah, it, it, I mean, to me, it reminded me of like, like the the obvious comparison, like meeting a bunch of farm animals is Charlotte Web, Charlotte's Web, mm, mm-hmm. and like you know, you've got the the uptight goose, mm-hmm. right? But like, I feel like the uptight goose had like. A reason to be there. Right. Whereas right. like Judy Dench cow was just kind of like, well, this cow is on the farm. So she's part of the adventure. Right. Right. Like, why is she coming along? She is on the farm and she is a cow. Yeah. This is a cow adventure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that that answers the question. Why did I fall asleep? <laughs> or why did you fall asleep yeah. or whoever? Like, yeah, it's a cow adventure. Yeah. So. The, st- the stakes were. Confusing slash unknown. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned stakes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So both of these movies are about wild animals either protecting something or taking something back from right. humans. And those are supposed to be the state. Like, let, let's, because our plot summaries were based on us falling asleep a little bit. Yeah. Let's review the stakes of both of these, okay. right? Home on the range. The stakes are... Um, a human woman is going to lose her farm because she owes the bank money. And there's a there's a human man, cattle rustler, greedy person who wants to take that. What does he want to do with the cows once he like yodels them? I don't remember. I think he just, like what happens to the animals when this farm is sold? Are they just treated more poorly? I think- I think, They're potentially sold off, right? I think and like it's separated. less about the animals and more about the land. Yeah. So there's your, there's a problem right there, right? Yeah. Like, why are the animals working to protect 
the land yeah. versus each because other. Because they love the farm and the woman that is raising them to be eaten. Who has very... Yeah, right? Like, that's... I guess... No, it's a dairy farm. I know it's right? a dairy farm. So the cows aren't going to be eaten, but... Okay, but there's a lot of animals that you don't milk. Did you know that, that this farm? movie has a PG rating because of that utter line? Wait, what? The This movie has a PG rating because Roseanne's cow... Uh, is like introducing herself to the farm and she shows off her udders and they're, I guess, bigger than normal udders. She goes, yep, they're real, fellas. And and that's the reason this movie has a PG rating. (laughs) Oh, not worth it. Not at all. That line made me groan. Just like that. You just did it again. (laughs) But yeah, that's... Wow, thank you for that fact. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. That's good to know. So, yeah, I think that might be it. That, like, I don't care about the land. I care no. about the characters. If you say, like, oh, our family is being split up. Yeah. Oh, which whoa, they don't I'm, really say. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the stakes are, like, this woman will lose her farm. Right. But we already saw the Roseanne cow Yeah. on a farm that got lost. Right. She found out she was going to a dairy farm, and she was like, oh, this will be great. Right. And it could she, be a better farm. And then she's like, cool. I, hey, a new farm. I'm gonna it's not like all the animals people. get shot. Like, if they go to a new farm, they go to a new farm. We've already seen, in the first 10 minutes, we see that it's not that bad. Yeah. So, zero stakes. Yeah, I think in some ways, I, I understand from a character dynamic point, but they didn't really give anyone character traits that we cared about, why she would be an outsider. But I think in some ways, it works against the, like, emotional core and the stakes for, for her to be an outsider. Like, why yeah. does she care about this farm? Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're ever given a reason other than like she wants to be in charge of a plan kind she, of. She just wants to get back at the cattle wrestler. Got it. Yeah. But she, but we don't start by her going after the cattle wrestler. Right. We start by them trying to go to the city to go to a fair to win a war. Oh, yeah, because she's get... like the expert at that. Yes, because when you're a cow and you go to the city and enter <sighs> yourself in a competition, oh, they God. just put the reward money in your collar and then you walk home to the farm where you're from. No one knows how cows work. All right. Stakes of open season. That's also unclear, right? Like, the antagonist is not... It's a, it's a, like, to bring up Facilia again, it's a Deuter antagonist. He's really Elliot's antagonist. He, like, Mm. it's not like he's trying to kill the bear from out of the ranger's ownership. Yeah. He just wants all animals. And so there's not a specific threat. Like, there's Boog's story and there's Shaw's story. And they don't really line up until Boog decides he's friends with these guys. Yeah, that's interesting. Like it doesn't really line. So up. the stakes are both Boog getting back home, which you realize is not a stake by the end. Correct. And the other stake is avoiding the hunters and, right, I guess and the poachers. Elliot. Yeah, like what does Elliot want? Like no, the there main, are no stakes. The there main no thrust stakes. of this movie. Lots of guns, but surprisingly, is, no stakes. The main thrust of this movie is that Boog wants to. Go back home and live in the garage. Right. He wants to be left alone by Elliot. Yes. And in the end, he's like, well, I'll live in the wild with this deer. And it's a very quick turn. And there's no... 
there's I feel like nothing behind it. Yeah. There's no reason for that turn. It just happens. These I was expect okay, sometimes we get on this show. Yeah. And we start talking about movies we don't like so much and then we're like, "Oh, you know what? There were some good things about this." And yeah. I understand everyone did their best. And then sometimes we get here and it's like, oh, wait, this might be worse than I thought. Yeah. Like, we're breaking down these stories. And I, so I do think in terms of that, I'm like ready to leave open season in the dust. I think Home on the Range has something to it near the end of Mm. like this idea of like keeping what's ours versus this like hotshot greedy person who's just like he doesn't specifically want little patch of heaven he just wants to own all of the farms in the area it's a puzzle piece for him yeah whereas for them even though it's not in the text it's like it's their home right it it means something to them besides just the land that it's on sure and so when they do the final battle against not shot um yodel yeah slim it kind of feels like it's a bunch of, you know, animal pranks against a human, but it, it kind of feels somewhat earned by that point, yeah. at least if nothing else to get you to the end credits by that point. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it, these movies are both billed as like kind of the animals fight back, but against what? Like it's not a, it's not, it's not the newsies. Yeah. Like it's not. <laughs> they just, they fight back. Yeah. I guess something. So, Kate, mm-hmm. you you brought up an interesting point before the recording. Before mm-hmm. we started recording, is that like like we were saying, neither of these movies is good, mm-hmm. but neither of them are so bad that they're like memorable. Dick, can you uh, can you give an example of a movie that's so bad it's memorable? Yeah, or even so bad it's good. Uh, cats. I will, Cats 2019. I will watch Cats 2019 again and again. Another movie about animals fighting back against. Yeah. Because like in addition. Something. <laughs> in addition to being like not very good. It's also nuts. The choices are so bizarre. And it's so fun to watch these people like. Like really earnestly see. Oh my God, Judy Dench again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Judy Dench. But to really earnestly see Judy Dench deliver the line, a cat is not a dog. Not a dog. Like to really just see that is is a treat. And it is it is so like uh, so just infinitely watchable. Yeah. <laughs> at at like it it spins back around yeah. like. We've seen this movie, what, three times now? Two yeah. or three? Three times. And we, like, keep inviting more people to watch it with us. Because we're like, you got to see it. You got to see it, guys. And, like, I, I, I will put, like, even though it's less watchable, I'll put Food Fight up there, right? Like, Sure. Yeah, I don't want to see that again. But Like, I don't think it was particularly. We did not fall asleep. No, I don't want to watch it again, but I will never forget it, right? It's, <laughs> there's, like, weird Nazi imagery. There's horrific like the, the like the most disturbing walk i've ever seen in my life that christopher Ooh, lloyd robot car- yeah mm. oh man it's so bad bad yeah so like yeah and then like the one food icon that even though she's like an inch tall she like slept her way from brazil yeah to- there is a lot of problems with food fight anyway go back and listen to our food fight episode Wait, we got on. a lot Can to I say. say one more thing sure 
you cold farted itch. I'm not the one who's going to be puppy puppy whipped, you cold hearted itch. Cold, yeah. cold farted, farted itch. itch. I'm so sorry. All right. So, Dick, if take, taking these movies where yeah. they are, Home on the Range and Open Season, do, they can go one way or the other, right? right. And they're, they're in we, the middle. We fall asleep. Yeah. We can either make them better, as yeah. we sometimes try to do on this show, or we can drag them down to Jellicle Hell. <laughs> what should we? How, yeah. How do, okay. How do we make these movies so, so bad they're good? How do we make these? Movies how do we so do bad it? They're good. All right. Home on the range. I think you gotta. I think there needs to be uh, more yodeling. Yes. I think there needs to be a, a general embrace of the wackiness mm-hmm. of like, like there's, and I'll get into it more later. There's one scene that just really works for me, which is Alameda Slim's insane yodeling uh, song. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. But like, I I think you embrace that more. You, and uh, like you just... I feel like this movie just needs to run mm-hmm. with everything it it has already. Sure. Right? Like, you just need to go farther with the Judy Dench. Go far, go way farther with Roseanne. Okay. Uh, I was... Because uh, when you talk about the yodeling yeah. scene, if we're making more things like that, that's making it better. I'm that's talking fair. about making it worse. Yeah. So here's my pitch. Yeah, go for it. You put superstar limo heads on all of the celebrity <laughs> actors, right? Like, you make that cow look like Roseanne. Look, uh, if, if you don't know about superstar limos, the most infamously bad ride that Disney Parks has ever created. It was in uh, California Adventure for less than a year because it was so maligned. Oh, my God. It's got these, like, caricature, like, Sardis it's caricature so celebrities. Yeah. That you're going through L.A. on a limo ride. That's not important. But, like, that's what I want, like, Roseanne hair. Oh I want, God. like, a like Judy Dench. Yeah. Judy Dench's face on a cow. I I mean, it wouldn't really change Alameda Slim that much. If no. you've seen what Randy Quaid looks like recently, it's yeah. basically that. It's basically... So that doesn't have to change. That doesn't have to change, but... Yeah. I I think that could, that could really you want help. You want me to... Get into this character by knowing it's Judy Dench. Show me. Yeah, show me. Get that. Do yeah. li- do like cats and don't CG her hands. Yeah. <laughs> Put Judy Dench's hands on this cow. Thank you. Give the Jennifer Tilly cow like a leopard print uh, <laughs> cleavage <laughs> shirt, print right? Cow. That's yeah. <gasps> oh, a leopard print cow. That's even better. Oh yeah. All right, done. Okay. Yep. I like it. Leopard cow. Yeah. Um. And it, it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be Randy Newman in place of Alan oh. Menken then. Because the Alan Menken songs are fine. It's got to be, it's got to be like the, like whatever the cut rate version of Randy Newman is. Ooh. Like. Sure. I don't know. Like not a Phil Collins or a Sting, but like, I'm just trying to it's got, I mean, like a country artist, right? Like a cheat, like. No, because Billy Ray Cyrus writes some good songs, but like yeah. Achy Breaky Heart style, yeah, like, like cheese, like that era Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it probably it it would be like whoever wrote the the you know my tractor's sexy. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Oh. Like that that brand of oh, just all the way through it, all the way. 
Yeah. You know what? Sung through. Oh, sung through. No dialogue <laughs> sung through. A country opera. I, did Roseanne sing a note in this movie? No, that and that one is of the a things, missed opportunity because Roseanne's voice is. I mean, if, if if we can get serious for a moment, it mm. really is a missed opportunity that, and I think it's the the reason why the yodeling song works the best is it's the only song in the movie sung by a character, yeah. and it's Alan Menken writing. Like Alan Menken writes musical theater, he writes good songs, he writes really good musical theater songs, Sometimes. and the fact that it's just like Bonnie Wright and Katie Lang. Who do great jobs, but like... But they should sing over rem- the credits. You don't remember the songs as much. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, great. Sung through rock opera, leopard print, cow. Yes. Like Roseanne hair. Really embrace that. Great. Okay, what do we do for open season? Are, are we to the point where we vault it yet? No. Uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I think... So open season is 3D. Home on the Range is 2D. It's one of Disney's. Right. It's one of the ones that um, put the nail in the coffin for 2D. Yep. And uh, open season is 3D. So I think instead of Superstar Limo, you do more, you, you do a similar thing and you go yeah. like a little shark tail on it, right? Yeah. Like, I want to see Martin's, Martin, Martin Lawrence's, Lawrence's face. face in a kind of uncanny valley, valley situation yeah. on the head of a bear. Um. Gosh, okay. Okay, I want, I want some recasting. All right. Right, Mar- Martin Lawrence. Like, let's let's cut him loose, and like let him improvise more. Like, let's <laughs> fully improvise. say film. Yeah, let's say Animated this film, film is fully improvised, but like we get rid of like anyone with general talent. Um, no, that's not fair. That's not fair because we keep Martin Martin Lawrence. We keep Ashton Kutcher, but I want I want like. A kind of over the top, not very good comedian in every role. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like, I want uh, you want some carrot top, and <laughs> I want a Jamie Kennedy in here. I want oh. a carrot top. I want a. I mean, yeah. If we're talking two thousand six, we got. Oh yeah, like Andy Samberg just just gets to like do a thing. Wait, no, not Andy Samberg. I was gonna say I oh, like Andy Samberg. God. Who's the guy that's like Andy Samberg? He might have been his son at one point. He's in Grandma's Boy. Adam Sandler is the reverse direction. That is the reverse direction. Hold on. I know who I'm talking about. Okay. I promise. Grandma's um, Boy. I've never heard Nick of that. Nick Swardson. Oh, I don't Nick know who that is at all. Nick Swardson. Um, yeah. So we get we get like all these like B and C tier. Um, and like... I like him, but Billy Eichner goes in this movie too. Oh, I just I want it to be all He'd probably make it better though. Like kind of annoying voices. Mm. Everyone whose comedy is just kind of screaming. Mm. And yeah, yeah, this movie could go in an all screaming direction. This movie's pretty screamy already for this objective. Yeah, I think you. I mean, throw a Renee Zellweger in there. Oh. Yeah. She could be the ranger instead. Yeah. And just slur all her speech like in B movie. Um Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and way more puns. There were there, there were, were very few. surprising amount of restraint. Yeah. I want I want like B movie like the first five minutes of B movie where it's nothing but puns. Sure. I want open season to be that all the way through. I want it to be like Jungle Cruise 
where it's just non stop. Okay. And it's just annoying. I think you can also have, I mean, right, we talk about how much violence is in this movie. Oh, yeah. Just like like blood. Like, yeah, uh, like, like ramp it up. Animals and humans should just bleed out we at should, certain points. Ramp up the stakes. We talk gets, about stakes, everyone right? Everyone gets gut shot. Yep. Yep. Just lots of blood. Yeah. Um, lots of screaming. Yeah. Great. This sounds obnoxious. Yes. Our work here is done. All right. Good. Well, Kate, uh, any, anything else we want to run b- uh, through before we get into the final cut? I think this is good. I think this was good to kind of get out of our system because I think really the actual was. movies now feel like, oh, well, yeah. these are fine. Well, this could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Renee Zellweger and B movie. Okay. <laughs> so it's time for the final cut. Final cut. Uh, some segments where we kind of do some superlatives and stuff. Yeah, so the exact opposite of what we just did. Right. (laughs) Can I get a scene shout out from you for open season? Oh, you sure can. I I I know what you're gonna talk about, so I'm gonna save that for you. But I'm so interested in what you think I'm gonna talk about because I don't know. You literally said that you were gonna talk about it later. Well, I've forgotten already. I really like the No, you said home in the range. No, I said open season. I they are the same to me now. Great. We've been talking about it too. I long. was going to say. I'm so sorry. Okay, open season. Scene shout out. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, um, Boog's nighttime routine, um, mm-hmm. at the at the park ranger's garage involves um a, a little teddy bear, Mr. Ginkleman or something like that. Something like that. And yeah. um. Sings it. It's a musical bear, and it does an instrumental version of Teddy Bear Picnic. And so the ranger sings it to him every night. Teddy Bear Picnic. And so when Boog has stumbled into Shaw's home by accident, shit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, he ends up. He doesn't know it's Shaw's home, and then he like sees all of these like taxidermy stuff. He's like, oh, and he then it's a. It's a chase away from him once Shaw comes home and he's going through these like underground barracks or something and Shaw realizes that he's there and so like horror movie style he is hunting him and slowly going down this dark basement hallway going you know the 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 teddy bears have the picnic and it's such a creepy like terrifying like it affected me because i'm like oh this song that means so much to this bear is now going to give him nightmares forever like what a traumatic experience it made me feel emotions the way the rest of the movie didn't Uh, (laughs) and i thought it was a neat choice and weird and terrifying good job nice so i'm also going to talk about shaw's cabin okay um because i thought that was probably the best part of the movie okay um but I, I really liked, and I got, you remember yesterday I got really mad at Ant-Man because there was a guy holding a little lamb and they never referenced Mary had a little lamb. Yes, I do remember that. It was so frustrating to me. Um, but in, like, so Boog is hiding in Shaw's cabin. Mm-hmm. Shaw comes in and, like, it's, it's Gary Sinise mm-hmm. doing, like, air guitar throughout the whole movie. With his gun as the air guitar. Obnoxious. Um, But he comes in and he's like, he's really creeping it up. And he does like a um, uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears sort of thing. Mm, mm -hmm. Where he's like, 
Oh, I don't even remember how he how he executed. It's like it someone's like, been eating my yeah, food. Someone's, someone's been, been sitting, sitting in, in my, my chair. Yeah. And I thought that was real. And then like they hung a lampshade on it. And he's like, okay, Goldilocks. And I was like, right. all right. But I thought it was really, that was like a really clever little thing. And I would have been kind of upset if there wasn't like something in there. Like, right. Just like Teddy Bear's Picnic, it took a innocent childhood thing yeah. and made it creepy. And, yeah. And I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we keep that scene, I guess, is the... That's the one. <laughs> for later. That's the one good scene. All right. Home on the Range, mm-hmm. um, which is what I thought we were talking about before. Yeah. I'll go first. My scene shout out <laughs> is the uh, yodeling song. Yeah, Done is. by uh, Randy Quaid and two professional stunt yodelers. St- <laughs> That's what they called him in the yeah, documentary. They did. That was funny. Um, like, it is a very silly song. Mm-hmm. It is, like, th- it is way over the top, uh, and it's really fun. Yeah. And, you know, say what you will about the man, Randy Quaid kills it. He does. He kills it. He's so fun. And he's not a singer. He does more of a, um... Like Robin Williams' genie type mm-hmm. of performance, where he's like kind of speaking with inflection where the yeah. note should be, and then you know, and then the like, stunt yodeler takes it over from there. And like the whole time, we're like, "Well, Randy quite sicking this. Is he? Can he yodel? Can he yodel? Like, Do we maybe, not know? Yeah. Maybe he can. I don't know. Can Randy mm-hmm. Quaid yodel? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he can't. Uh, he he had stunt yodelers, yeah. but it, like he really gave it his all, and it showed. The visual look of that scene is really mm-hmm. cool too because you know it's it's you know the the backgrounds are kind of like watercolor a little bit more impressionistic in yeah. this movie and then it's like you know cartoony cows but it's more or less grounded in realism and then this scene is like all psychedelic color like when they get hypnotized the cow is like it's the lighting turns to like pink and teal and hot orange and it's really really fun yes as a visual style like it it just works really well for being so absurd and out there. Yeah. 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 What about you, Kate? Do you have a scene shout out? Uh, yeah, I like the triplets. <laughs> um, they have such, oh my gosh. There's a scene where, is it, so it's like a two-part shout out, I guess. They're, the first time, so he, um, Alameda Slim masquerades as why, uh, why Odell, Odell, and so uh, you know why Odell is uh-huh. Yodel um, when he goes to put in the highest bid at these farm auctions, and he basically just puts a coat on and a hat and glasses, and then he's unrecognizable, but like very recognizable as a character, and he's explaining to the. Um, three kind of duncey triplet um, sidekicks he has that like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to a little patch of heaven and I'm going to put on this disguise. And all of a sudden they're like, where'd he go? Who's that? Where's Mr. Slim? And it's funny in that moment. You love that so much. And then a later, <laughs> they're talking about like final execution of the plan. He's like, okay, I got to go. Puts on his disguise without saying anything. And then the one guy is... Where'd he go? And it's just throw away, and the, then the next scene starts, and it's the funniest callback. Ugh. Kate, the one that really works for me is when, the, like, the three of them are sitting together, mm-hmm. and one of them 
he's like holding the disguise or he's mm. like holding the hat. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, he's like, huh. And he puts it on. Right. And, and the then, other two are like, where'd it go? Yeah. It's great. Literally anyone putting on a hat. Um, oh, wait. So our it... next segment is oh, yeah. MVP, Ooh. where we shout out one figure or, yeah, from, from both movies yeah. that, we, that we think is the most valuable oh, boy. player. Okay. I got one. Yeah, you go first. Patrick Warburton. <laughs> he has a brief cameo in both of these movies. That's true. And in at least one of the movies, if not both, the character is named Patrick. Yeah. And it's just an animal they come across. And I think in both movies, it's like they, oh no, the, in open season, he's like the alpha deer yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. gives um, Elliot a hard time. Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about that at all because it just doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, yeah. And he's kind of this, you know, big, dopey deer. Yeah. And then in Home on the Range, it's it. so in open season, it is a part. But in Home on the Range, it's a cameo. It's of like just two like, lines. Yeah. yeah the horse uh, says like, oh, did you see him? He went that way. Oh, OK. And then goes. But like, he's immediately recognizable. Like, that's a great yeah. little Easter egg in any animated movies. Just Patrick Warburton. We're having a good time. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Good MVP. Yeah. Uh, okay. You ready for this? I sure am. I saw you looking at some IMDb uh, lists over here. Yeah. My MVP uh, is like 23 different people. Oh. Uh, but I will name Suzanne Henderson Holmes as my MVP. And then all the people that worked with her as also MVPs. Uh, you may recognize Susan Henderson Holmes, uh-huh. or possibly Suzanne, actually Suzanne Henderson Holmes, uh, as the assistant production manager, Backgrounds. Uh, oh. I really loved the backgrounds in Home on the and Range. Home on the Range, yeah. And they looked like, like I think Cars did a similar thing, but they looked like travel posters. They looked yeah. like old National Parks travel posters, very like, you know, very flat in their mm-hmm. styling and very, just very, like you said, impressionistic. Really cool. I, I loved the backgrounds yeah. in Home on the Range. What were those? Oaks? <laughs> um, just like really, really nice. So shout out to all the all the people who came up with, with great backgrounds yeah. for those movies. For that movie. Mm-hmm. Crossover Oop. is now where we take the two movies and put them together in some way. Yeah. And... I'm at a loss. Okay. Do you have an idea? I do. I do. Um, I want, uh, instead of Shaw, who Mm -hmm. is a legitimate, terrifying threat that wants to murder all of our main characters, Mm -hmm. I, I would like to cross Alameda Slim into open season Mm. and his three dopey Hunch hunch friends. Um, Like, get rid of Shaw. Get rid of that sort of storyline. And just... Same thing. Alameda Slim is trying to steal all the bears. I don't know. Who cares? But, like, let's just have it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, Now it's back to me. Um, I want... Okay, I want a fight to the death <laughs> oh. on both sides um, with the 
dumbass, uh, like, sexist cows in Home on the Range. Oh. Those, like, male cows who, like, are oh. flirting with the, like, harassing the female cows yeah. in, like, several scenes. I forgot and about them. And the dumbass Scottish squirrels in oh. Home on in Open Season, both, like, they come back throughout the movie and you can tell the directors or the storytellers think they're very funny and I hated every moment both of them are on screen, so I'm going to pit them against each other, fight to the death on both sides. They're all gone. That's great. Oh. Can we get rid of the skunks, too? If we if we start getting rid of all the characters that we want to get rid of, there's not going to be any characters the left. Beavers except for the yodeler. And... And the three twins. Yeah, great. Let's do that. Yeah. Shaw kills everyone but Shaw- Alameda Slim and the three twins. I'll keep Ashton Kutcher around. I'll keep that that deer around. Uh, All right, Dick. It's time for the final. Oh, wait. Real quick. Real quick. No, you know what? I'll do this after. Go ahead. Final. Cut. Final. Cut. Cut. Final. Cut. Cut. Where we decide each of these films, whether we would re-release them as is, (laughs) create some kind of special edition or vault them. Uh Uh-huh. do we have to separate these movies this time? I think we do. Okay. Yeah, Home on the Range. Uh, special edition. Mm. Uh, it's three minutes long, and it's just the Alameda Slim song. Mm. Yeah. My my special edition of Home on the Range is to re-release the, like, to make new Disney sing-along tapes uh-huh. and have that song on them. Mm. It's great. Yeah. I, I don't care about anything else in this movie. Yeah. Like the the twins are funny, but like that that song is is really good. Uh, uh, how uh, Alan blurb, Menken? Alan Menken, thanks. Does not like he thinks the best song in this one is the sad, weird nine eleven song he yeah. wrote. It's not great. The it's not Yodel the best song, song in the movie. For Yodel sure. song is great. Yeah. So yeah, sa- save that and maybe put uh, take like the Katie Lang song. Yeah. And um, the Bonnie Raitt song. Yeah. And put those in cars. Oh, yeah. Like, they'd, they'd be better. <laughs> they they, deler- they deserve to be somewhere. Yeah. But, like, we don't need... Like, That's a good idea. What is it? Rascal Flats doing Life is a Highway? Yeah. We don't need that. We Do a little that. slice of heaven. Yeah. That's a nice song. Yeah. Yep. I like that. That's my special edition. Um, Why you? Yeah. I don't think anyone needs to see this movie, but I, I just have an idea um, that the... the I want to see like shorts of the triplets inserting themselves into other Disney movie, like Lion oh. King one and a half style, or like it, like the the Stitch ones that, that I hate. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be funny Those for them to like ones. show up and be confused about something, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's what I would take you, from this. You turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anytime there's like a transformational anything. Yeah. Yeah. Princess and the Frog, they could have a lot of fun with. Yeah. Rapunzel cuts her hair. Where'd she go? <laughs> Where'd she go? Um, wh- what about open Vault. season, Dick? Yeah. <laughs> this movie sucks. Yeah, I think I vaulted as well. There's, there's no redeeming quality. No. The message doesn't even work because, like, the bad guy and the good guy are both doing terrible things to the bear. Like, so, so whose side are we on? Yeah. The bad, or yeah, bad human, good human. Yeah. 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 Movie doesn't work. Yeah. Vault. I, I agree. Sorry, open season. That's, yeah, that's. 
but it also sounds like that's the thing, right? This is Roger Allers of the Lion King. Oh my god, right? And Jill Kurt Kurt Um, she. Yeah, she wrote and directed Abominable, which is pretty good. It was the number two Yeti movie of the four Yeti movies that we saw. Um, yeah. And both really talented people with the right team. And so I know Home on the Range is storied for like going through seven different completely story drafts. Like it started as a ghost story, like a ghost western. Every, every implementation of this movie sounded better than it. Yeah, also that. But but open season, I can't find much on like the evolution. No, but I don't think there was. One. It does sound like it was kind of slapped together. Yeah. So that's too bad for them. But I hope I hope I wish the best for them. Yeah. Please recommend us different movies, listeners. Recommend uh, us better not movies. This movie. Because this was this was a slog. Like I had watched, fun. I had a fun time talking with you today. But we watched some movies we didn't care for, but yeah. they've at least been interesting. This and, was this was rough, and these were just two for two where yeah. it was rough. So, if you'd like to uh, pair us better movies, either one movie that you really like and want us to talk about with another movie, or a suggestion for a pairing, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Cellmates Podcast. True. Cellmates Podcast at Gmail dot com. That's true. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We would. That's um, true. So, yeah. Yep. That, the, do you have anything else to add, nope, Dick that's, Ward? That's all I got. Kate. Have it. What's my name? Oh, your name is Kate Phillips. There we go. My name is Dick Ward. That's what I was trying for to say. For Summit's Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Jennifer Tilly Cow does my favorite thing in the whole wide world, which is to sing a song with just one note. And <laughs> with your permission, I would like to sing it with you. Oh, uh, no. That song is, she's coming, she'll be coming around the mountain. Ready? Uh, one, with two, me. three. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be, ca- join in, I, on it, the mountain when she comes. No, She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. You didn't join in. Oh, boy. Okay.